Hello and welcome to the DKI Podcast, Digital Era Entertainment's weekly anime podcast. I am your host, Joel, and I have with me today wonderful D-Man, D-Myth, D-Legend on this wonderful birthday weekend, Mario Bueno. Hello, hello! Birthday! Woo! Yes. Yeah! So Digital Era Entertainment is turning 19? Uh, I wish. No, <laughs> it's uh, 18, but uh, that is still 18. that is still a rather substantial milestone, one that I am very, very proud of. Um, I, I would gush more about that, but I took 59 minutes and 10 seconds to do that uh, at our panel Going Pro with Digital Era Entertainment at Virtual Crunchyroll Expo, which is going to be available on our YouTube channel in about 24 hours from the, the course of this live broadcast. So if you are nice. tuning in on September 4th, uh, 2021, 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, that is when you will be able to relive our panel, which uh, includes a few cleanups that didn't make it to the uh, Crunchyroll Expo cut, but otherwise it is the same experience. And uh, yeah, it's it basically covers all my feelings on this exciting milestone, as well as a comprehensive history of dbrand, which is why it has the new subtitle, History of D-World Part 1. <laughs> that's good oh yeah it was and deliberate <laughs> and if any of you are going to be tuning in this sunday which is uh 5th september 5th we will be celebrating birthday weekend i don't actually know what birthday weekend is going to include but it's gonna be fun so you should tune in anyways yeah heck yeah if you're familiar with our new year's d marathons that we uh finally started to re uh, start to do again uh, as of this year it'll be a similar format but with uh, a few slight alterations uh just because of the fact that it is uh labor day weekend over here in the united states and uh actually part of the festivities tie very neatly into the theme of today's episode but We'll be coming back to that. Uh, so, Joel, what have you been checking out over the course of the week? Where is our lovely uh, season of anime at at present? We're at episodes 8, 9, and 10 now, so starting to get toward the end. Uh, I've been keeping up with things. The only, well, one that I have paused for the time being is uh, the uh, Company of Black Dungeon, and that mm. is not because it was doing anything poorly. That is because my coworker, um, Steven Sanders, has been cast as one of the three main characters in the dub. So oh, wow. I have paused my consumption of it so I can hear him and his performance. Oh, wow. Congratulations. <laughs> That's a, that is fantastic. Yes. Yeah. Uh, that actually happened a couple weeks back. The last episode I saw of it was four or five. Um, I just sort of neglected to mention that I forgot about it because I hadn't considered it dropped because it was all right. I mentally have blocked out space and time of I'm going to finish this. I did still enjoy the series, but I am not necessarily the type to rewatch a series unless I really, really like it. And while the Dungeon of Black Company is good, it's not necessarily one that I'm going to go out of my way to see twice over in a short span of time. So I'm just waiting that little bit for the dub to catch up. And uh, yeah, really excited for him. Uh, Sanders is a engineer at Boss Fight by day and voice actor by night. He's been doing really well for himself lately. Uh, really? He got a lead in that and then had a small part in My Hero, and he also had another lead in one other thing, which I'm blanking on right now, but uh, it, it's good to see him still doing stuff, and meanwhile, we know that Emmy is continuing to do 
many wonderful things, which sadly keeps her away from us. Uh, but, uh, you know, she is still kicking butt over there. And Frangie's going to be away for a couple weeks because she is very, very busy with IRL stuff. But she will be back soon. Uh, other than that, it's really just waiting for the other shoe to drop in all these shows. Of You can tell it's getting to that end part of the season. Things haven't escalated quite yet, but everything is... Uh, you see the stage being set for those finale uh, events and set pieces. Awesome. Uh, so it's it's good to hear that everything is still keeping uh, a certain level of quality. Um, I'm, I'm glad that your only quote-unquote drop at this point is for very, very positive reasons, so hooray. <laughs> I'm sure that's going to be very surreal uh, when you resume uh yeah black dungeon because oh man <laughs> like what what even what even it's like yeah, yeah. i i go to work with this person <laughs> that's awesome he's had a couple other ones that uh he was the lead in all out the rugby one he was no way in real life uh huh. he was in uh the magical tutor anime he was one of those five brothers he's been doing stuff for a while um it's been about I, a little under a year since his last uh, lead role, but uh, this is not his first rodeo. Yeah, well, very clearly. Um, but that's that's still pretty awesome. <laughs> for sure. So very excited for him. On the whole, if I were to say my candidates for best anime of the season so far, so far, Kageki Shoujo is still doing really well. And surprisingly enough, I saw an ANN article that said that it's been rated one of the highest of the season, so I, I'm i not holding out hope for it, but I'm glad to see that other people are recognizing it, so that's good. Um, that, Sunny Boy, apparently Detective is Already Dead is not super popular by the ANN rankings. Obviously, these aren't definitive things, but uh, I've still thoroughly been enjoying it, but I recognize it's a bit of an offbeat one. Yeah. Uh, Aquatope on the White Sand, still really good. And uh, at least for the new ones, those are it. And certainly My Next Life is a Villainess just continues to deliver on what it promises, and it's still great. So, yeah, lots of fun things. And I know that you, Mario, are actually going to be hopefully taking some time for yourself over the next couple of weeks and hopefully oh, yes. watching at least a few things. That is, that is the plan. Uh, so hopefully next time I am on the show, I will actually have more anime to talk about <laughs> and i will say another interesting thing you mentioned uh a n and that just jogged my memory uh so a, a cool little thing for people who have been watching uh digital air entertainment's twitch channel basically since uh since the beginning at this point one of the things that uh, i went out of my way to feature when i started streaming on the channel uh on a regular basis back in the beginning of 2019 was the Nintendo Switch game Fitness Boxing. Uh, I went on, I went as far as to also do a write-up of the game for our main website, digitaleraentertainment.com, which I will be dropping a link to in the chat. But I bring this up because it was just announced uh, back on Monday uh, that there is going to be a short-form TV anime based off of fitness boxing <laughs> and that's just really cool because that is one of the most unlikely things i would have expected to get an, an anime adaptation but i'm i'm very happy for it it's one of those 
uh, one of those hidden gems, like I, I laugh because one of the uh, retro gaming YouTubers I follow, you know, has has kind of turned that into a meme even among his own channel. Uh, but I, I, I say this truly, uh, it is a hidden gem. Uh, and it is a, a great fitness supplement, especially if you are a gaming nerd who, for one reason or another, can't really uh, get out to the gym. And I, I did use it exclusively for fitness purposes, and I tracked it, and it worked. So I swear by the game, and knowing that it's getting an anime adaptation makes me so happy. So I, I genuinely can't wait to see what they do with that. So I, I just had to shout that out because uh, it, it was just one of those cool little unexpected surprises. Very cool. Well, happy to hear about that because I, I did see that post um, and definitely a boxing show like this seems like a bit of an odd choice, but okay, I'll, I'll keep an eye out for it. Yeah, I, I feel like it's going to be very similar to how heavy are the dumbbells you lift, but, you know, uh, a lot more a lot more focused on the actual, you know, uh, fitness element, uh, as opposed to, you know, having the, the other, uh, side, side helpings <laughs> that, that make, uh, <laughs> dumbbells. So such a unique show. I'm pretty sure no one's going to be flexing out of a tracksuit, <laughs> but, uh, and, and also they only have about 12 minute episodes. It's one of those types of short forms. Mm, uh, short so form. yeah, they, they really don't have time to fill with cheesecake. <laughs> gotcha. So it's, it, I expect it to be very to the point. Uh, and very filled with cool fitness tips. So uh, that that's the kind of vibe I'm expecting from this show. Awesome. Well, our main topic today isn't quite boxing. It's that other, you know, big ring fighting one, but it's the fictional one, the fun one, wrestling. Uh, this was something that came to mind just this morning because, as you can see from the title, AEW, the uh, All Elite Wrestling, you know, uh, WWE's main competitor as of now has their all-out pay-per-view this weekend, and all-out is basically, would you say, Mario, that is the equivalent of AEW's WrestleMania? Absolutely, and that's actually one of the reasons I wanted to start from AEW, work kind of backwards, and then bring us back into the, the world of anime, because it's just, it's it's absurd how appropriate this weekend of all weekends was to talk about wrestling in anime, so as as you so uh, as you so astutely pointed out, uh, All Out has effectively become All Elite Wrestling's WrestleMania, and it goes back to the original show that was the progenitor to All Elite Wrestling as a promotion, All In, which took place back in 2018. It's basically an historic. Also, I knew that there had been an All In thing, but it only just now hit me of oh. In, mm -hmm. out, I, oh, mm -hmm. oh yeah. <laughs> Some very I cheeky, cheeky there. lads. <laughs> um, so All In is known in, in wrestling history uh, as the, the first major independent show to top a certain sales figure that is not affiliated with a pre-existing promotion or WWE. Certainly in the United States, it is by far, you know, the, the the largest independent show held to date. Now, this gets more interesting because when you look at the, the talent that was involved in that show that would later go on to start All Elite Wrestling, you look at where they were uh, at the time. 
they were working predominantly in the United States under uh, the promotion known as Ring of Honor, one of the most popular long-running independent promotions. I think their 20th anniversary is coming up next year. So they, they too, are a fairly newer promotion compared to, you know, the stalwart world wrestling entertainment. And they also were cutting their teeth, more importantly, for New Japan Pro Wrestling. It is one of the globally known powerhouses of wrestling, and this is where it continues getting more interesting that we chose this episode, episode 72, because New Japan Pro Wrestling was originally started on January 13th, 1972. So 72 is a very significant number for New Japan. New Japan Pro Wrestling, founded by uh, the the world-renowned Antonio Inoki, popular pro wrestler who was a disciple of one of Japan's most legendary wrestlers, Ricky Dozan, who was funny enough of Korean descent originally. Uh, he that that plays into another interesting story that uh, impacts Inoki's legacy. Um, but New Japan Pro Wrestling, uh, founded 1972, uh, you mentioned boxing, one of the big things that happened in its early years because of uh, Inoki's love of what would eventually be known as mixed martial arts. Uh, he would have um, he would have fantasy bouts with the likes of Muhammad Ali. So he, he mixed it up with one of the most famous boxers in the world for uh, essentially uh, a Japanese wrestling show. <laughs> But it gets more interesting because over time, the promotion gets sold to a company that for anyone who is a fan of wrestling and plays wrestling video games will immediately recognize. That is Ukes. They are a Japanese developer who first became known in the West for their work on the WWE SmackDown line of games, which were very popular on the PlayStation. Those games would eventually morph into what we now know as the WWE 2K games. For better or for worse, <laughs> but also, that's don't worry, folks. This does eventually get to anime. Yeah, because uh, that isn't even the most interesting part. Because you see, in 2012, Ukes ended up selling the company. Do you know to whom they sold the company? <laughs> I legitimately do not. This is not me just uh, softballing it to you. I actually don't know who bought it. Bushi Road. Oh. <laughs> All roads lead back to anime, my friend, because of this, and this is why it's just so wildly cyclical that uh, that we're able to have this conversation on this weekend. Because, again, you can trace this upcoming pay-per-view all the way back to New Japan Pro Wrestling and then all the way back to where we are right now having this anime podcast, <laughs> episode number 72. <laughs> where we're going to scream about pro wrestling and anime. And I haven't even gotten into the anime of it all. Like, the most anime we've gotten out of this so far has just been the mention of Bushiroad. But again, yeah. we are anime fans, and anyone who's tuned into this who may not know a single thing about wrestling, I promise you, you know about Bushiroad. <laughs> you probably even had a, a, an immediate response when I said that word because of how all-encompassing uh, Bushiroad's interests are across Japanese pop culture. Uh, so it is, it's it's just one of those things that, again, you, you, you just can't believe how well-connected all these different elements are. So that's why I had to kind of give this history lesson mostly of not just AEW uh, and the show that led to AEW, but, you know, the, the roots that they had in New Japan Pro Wrestling, because look at how far back all this stretches, how far the connections go. And New Japan definitely has direct connections 
to anime when it comes to wrestling. And I will be coming back to those. I just had to kind of uh, set the stage and really explain why I was so happy that of all weekends, of all episode numbers, this is the one that we're talking about wrestling. So uh, we we can start from a variety of different points because um, pro wrestling and Japanese anime very much go hand in hand. Uh, Joel, you brought up a great example that kind of snowballed into the line of thought that brought me back to All Elite Wrestling, brought me back to All In, brought me back to New Japan, and then back around to anime. Uh, you brought up WrestleMania. And one of the first things that came to mind, which I'm sure for a lot of people who follow one or the other is a memorable moment, uh, tell, tell us about that memorable moment uh, that, that came to your mind when you started thinking about this topic. Well, there was a really big hubbub in the anime community when a... Uh, it's not a tag team, but it, it's... Um... They are a tag team. They're, they're a trio, well, though. A three? Yeah, it's, it's a trio. That when a three-person team for uh, the WWE Championship came out during WrestleMania a couple years back in these weird little body armor outfits with yellow shoulder pads, white chest plates, and did a, a quirky little pose. And for the most part, a lot of wrestling fans were probably kind of puzzled uh, they were like okay this is cool this is quirky the it looks like they're wearing battle armor of a sort but anyone who knows anime instantly recognized that dragon ball z uh saiyan armor and, and topped off was the fact that this was at wrestlemania 2016 which took place in dallas texas <laughs> Yeah. So, Funimation's backyard and they're straight up cosplaying Dragon Ball. Um, yeah, the the New Day comprised of a, a trio of some of the most popular nerds in professional wrestling. <laughs> One of them has actually gone on to be a guest at many anime cons. Mm -hmm. Xavier Woods uh, really used that, I think, as a springboard to establish himself as a, a you know dyed-in-the-wool nerd and geek and uh, otaku. Uh, he's had some MC work. I think he did a, a presentation even at the Crunchyroll Anime Awards one year. I could be wrong. Oh, he was a, actually like he was the the host in 2020. Uh, okay, he was, that's right. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, and he he's mostly known prior to that for his work in the gaming community, especially the fighting game community. Uh, his mm -hmm, channel yeah. Up Up Down he, Down. He did a lot for uh, Street Fighter, I believe it was. That's correct. Um, and funny enough. Uh, there was an event for Capcom, I think it was at an E3 one year, where the New Day showed down against uh, you know, the three of the, the most notable members of the Elite, the Young Bucks, and my wrestling spirit animal, Kenny Omega. Yes, <laughs> and our... We'll get to him later. Oh. And the thing is, this was all coordinated by dear friend and mentor of ours, Charlene Ingram. I was about to say, our, our good buddy Char <laughs> made that one possible. Bless her. Bless her so much. Um... So, yeah, again, he he was already known for his work in the gaming community, uh, but this was one of those moments that really solidified, like you said, uh, his place in the anime community, right? reminding everybody on a very public stage that, yeah, this these these guys love anime <laughs> just as yeah, much as they love video just, games. I, I remember nothing else from that WrestleMania, but seeing three professional wrestlers in Saiyan armor absolutely took Twitter by storm that night. 
Yeah. Uh, and, and I even mentioned to you when you threw that at me that there were some other instances that would immediately come to mind because while they certainly aren't the only ones, they were, you know, very clearly the most uh, mass media of the bunch. Uh, even over uh, as recently as last year's WrestleMania, um, one of the recent uh, women's champions, uh, when she was first contending for the title, Rhea Ripley, uh, her attire for last year's WrestleMania, the quietest WrestleMania, because it was the empty arena WrestleMania, because lol, Captain COVID, uh, she was themed after Vegeta. <laughs> like, straight up. Like, everyone who watched that uh, that match was just like, is is she cosplaying Vegeta? <laughs> Point of fact, she is also very strong. Um, and then over in AEW, uh, one... Uh, one international talent who I forget why she's not regularly on the roster. I think partly it was due to pandemic, but in pre-pandemic times, uh, Shanna, who I believe is a Portuguese wrestler, if I'm wrong, uh, feel free to correct me in the chat. Um, but she she had for a long time a Goku-themed uh, ring attire, and it wasn't like very subtle either. It was very much like it was the the, the turtle house gi. <laughs> But in a wrestling, uh, in, in a women's wrestling attire version. Um, so again, there there is very clearly a love of anime in uh, mainstream professional wrestling, and you do see it. Uh, you're seeing it a lot more these days. Um, but to kind of get into the anime of it all, uh, so one of the earliest examples that comes to mind, and it's one that does come back again later. Uh, you can't talk uh, wrestling and anime without talking about Tiger Mask. Tiger Mask mm -hmm. uh, is is basically the quintessential original wrestling anime. Uh, it is it is basically like, a cont if I recall correctly, its original release is contemporaneous to uh, Ashita no Joe. So again, the yeah. parallels to boxing. Um, mm -hmm. I'm actually uh, pulling this up. in 1969. Yeah, and I believe Ashita no Joe was around that time, if not slightly after in the early 70s. You can feel free to cross-check me on that one. Um, but yeah, Tiger Mask, popular manga, turned into an anime. Uh, it had two series, the second of which is considered to be non-canonical. That is very important. Um, the original run uh, was very influential, uh, not just as an anime, but also as uh, one of those mainstream crossovers of professional wrestling, uh, especially in Japan. Um, so there's... Um, it, it, there, there's also another direct connection here because the Tiger Mask character, while created as a manga and then adapted to anime, made its way into professional wrestling. Uh, and the Tiger Mask character has been handed down to, I believe it's four separate wrestlers over the course of time. Uh, the most recent of which, uh, if we're not counting uh, Kota Ibushi, recent IWGP world champion, uh, and one half of the Golden Lovers with, uh, <laughs> with Kenny Omega. Um, the, that, uh, most recent Tiger Mask is still wrestling to this day. I believe he is the third or fourth Tiger Mask, uh, to, to, uh, basically wear, wear the gimmick, uh, and, you know, carry that mantle. Um, Originally, again, it was just kind of a one-off novelty, but I believe it was sometime in the early 80s uh, that New Japan actually bought the rights to the character so that they could just keep using him in the show and have Tiger Mask By the as... Way, yes. Uh, Tiger Mask, uh, the manga, started in 1968, had its uh, anime debut in October of 1969. Tashita no Joe 
had its manga release in 1968 and its anime anime release in April 1970. They were eclipsing <laughs> each other. Like I said, these were like the the mangas debuted within months of each other. The anime debuted within months of each other. Yeah, <laughs> six months difference right here. Oh so, my god! Uh, it was a good time if you liked fighting stuff. Uh, yeah, like this is uh, not not quite to this degree, but it's like you know, it uh, almost almost two decades later, uh, when you have, you know, friggin' JoJo's and Fist of the North Star basically coming out very close to each other and one heavily impacting the other. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, it was it was a good time if you were into uh, sports that take place in a boxing ring. <laughs> so, uh, Tiger Mask, again, you know, it becomes a part of not just uh, anime popular culture, but also professional wrestling culture. Uh, let's fast forward to more modern times. I believe it was 2015 or 2016. You can feel free to double check me on that one, Joel. Uh, we get 2013, if it's what I think you're about to talk about. <clears throat> uh, Tiger Mask Double? No, I was thinking of an entirely different franchise. Sorry. Ah, uh, yes, that's uh, okay. Tiger Mask, uh, I will double check that. But yes, uh, yeah, you can look. has had more recent things as well. Uh, so yeah, Tiger Mask Double, I believe, comes out in 2015, 2016. That one is produced directly through New Japan Pro Wrestling. And the reason why I said it was important that one of the series is considered non-canonical, it is a direct follow-up to the original Tiger Mask story. Uh, the mentor character is, if I recall correctly, the um, basically was the rival of the original Tiger Mask, and he aids in the training of the new Tiger Mask, or at least one of the new Tiger Masks. And, uh, okay, RJ in the chat pointing out it yeah, was it 2016. 2016. Uh, and it was released stateside as Tiger Mask W. Exactly. Yeah, I, I, I've gotten used to pronouncing it the way that it's, uh, supposed to be pronounced, even though it's written W, it's, yeah, it's whatever. double. Anime. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, t so Tiger Mask Double comes out 2016. This is notable for a few reasons. Uh, first off, again, like I said, it's New Japan produced. You see actual licensed new japan talent like their their main eventers and very very famous faces from the promotion are in this anime they don't voice themselves this is crucial because of one of the other things i'm going to point out concurrent to this and why i really needed to hammer home bushi road's involvement in new japan pro wrestling um but you know you you see a who's who of Japanese professional wrestlers, some of whom are still with the promotion, and some of whom have gone off to uh, to be a part of promotions like All Elite Wrestling. So, Kenny Omega has literally been in an anime. He was featured in one of the more comedy-focused episodes of Tiger Mask Double, where he and members of the Bullet Club basically troll one of the New Japan heroes of the show uh, by basically out-eating him <laughs> over the course of an off day. <laughs> like, they just go to all the places he wants to go and buy stuff, and they just buy it up to be jerks. <laughs> it's it's really funny. Um, so you see, you see some of these characters, and Kota Ibushi is the only one to actually voice himself in what is effectively a throwaway cameo in the final episode. But, um, <clears throat> so Tiger Mask Double, again, this is an official anime production. They would go on to actually do matches, not just during big New Japan pay-per-views, essentially, but during their annual Wrestle Kingdom, which is their WrestleMania, 
promoting this show with Kota Ibushi uh, cosplaying as uh, Tiger Mask, going to the ring and you know doing the whole entrance and everything, and having a full match at their equivalent of WrestleMania to promote this anime. Now, this is so prominent. Tiger Mask is so big that it has actually been actively riffed on by many different things, one mm -hmm. of which is a series that we have another slightly personal connection to, which is Kimono Michi. Oh, I was going to get to that later. <laughs> but since we brought it up, we have we have opened the forbidden door. <laughs> let's, <laughs> let's walk through it. So, uh, Kimono Michi. Uh, I was going to come to that when we were talking about, you know, more contemporary uh, wrestling animes that go into a particular direction. Um, that one is... Oh, boy. So... That one is done by the original uh, author of Konosuba, which is part of why I, I was willing to give it a try, because after discovering, wow, I really like Konosuba. Um, yeah, it sure it sure is a show. Uh, for those of you not familiar with it, for one reason or another, it is an isekai anime. Sorry, Nathan, we're starting the drinking game early for you today. <laughs> um, where a professional wrestler in the middle of his retirement match uh, gets isekai to another world, which is mostly filled with animals. Turns out that he really loves animals. And I mean really loves animals. Really <laughs> loves animals. Yeah. So um, he basically goes and, you know, wins over everybody through the magic of pro wrestling. And everyone thinks he's a weirdo. And his whole gimmick is, you know, he's a masked wrestler, etc., etc. Uh, Joel, persona, please. Oh, yes. He is known as Animal Mask. Yeah. And, uh... Could... Full, full on, not even trying to really hide it. Um, and just... He uses a lot of wrestling moves throughout the series. One of the first thing he does, uh, as soon as he is isekai'd into this other world, he suplexes the princess that summoned him. For, for the record, there is a lot of fan service in this show. So uh, if There's you're familiar with... a lot with, of fan service in it, this show. If you're familiar with the German suplex, <laughs> you can imagine the kind of gratuitous shot that uh, that we got from that one. And uh, would you be so kind as to mention our personal connection to this one? Because I'm not going to lie, this was hysterical when it actually oh, yeah. it was came great. to my attention <laughs> while watching the, this show. The English voice actor for the lead character of Animal Mask, and otherwise known as Genzo Shibata, is one Tyson Reinhardt, who is the husband of another dear friend and mentor of Mario and mine, Sarah Sullivan, the former uh, events director for Funimation. And uh, to put this in context, Mario and I met each other working a Funimation booth that was being run by Sarah, and it's her husband now that plays that role. Oh, we haven't even mentioned the the best part. You you do remember who else is in this show in uh in one of her first uh, named character roles? <laughs> Wait a second, was this one with Emmy? It sure was. <laughs> I wasn't even thinking of that. Right oh, now. that was I, I actually was, that was the know, first one I was thinking the, of. Know, the lead role, the, the 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 husband of the person that literally introduced us to each other. I forgot Emmy was in this one. Yeah, she plays a, a little girl who is the daughter of uh, a, a wealthy uh, lord or something who uh, snaps up uh, the main character's uh, dog from uh, some some. Uh, some thieves who basically like stole it from him because they realized that's his Achilles heel. Uh, it's actually one of well, one of the more endearing scenes that she did during that period uh, where she gives the the dog back to the main character. Um, it's very, very cute. Um, and yeah, like that was that was one of her like first named roles. 
And it was a very, very well-acted scene. So as... uh, yep. I just found it. Maria is the name of the character. It's a minor character. It's not, you know, in the main cast, but she has an episode. She has lines, and it was one of Emmy's first, as you say, named roles. It was one mm-hmm. of the first times that it wasn't, you know, Walla or, quote-unquote, additional voices. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, that, that one uh, definitely came up. Uh, <laughs> and I, I guess since we're already kind of here... I did want to address uh, another one of these types of wrestling shows because I, I wanted to focus on the classics and then kind of, you know, segue into into this. But since we're here, uh, another show that we've actually mentioned in previous installments of uh, the DKI podcast, specifically our fan service episodes, is the notorious all-women's wrestling show, Wanna Be the Strongest in the World. Yep. That's the one that I thought you were going to go to next when I said uh, 2013 was the year. That's fair. Uh, <laughs> uh, that that was also quite a year for New Japan Pro Wrestling as well. So that that's also why I'm like, oh, am I misremembering when uh, Tiger Mask came out? Uh, no, no, no. Um, <laughs> so want to be the strongest. Uh, I was going to bring that up as kind of a companion piece to Kemono Michi because it is one of the more recent, more uh, unfortunately in this case, notorious examples of a pro wrestling anime it goes very much in the the direction that a lot of these other shows do not um, and in fact uh, now that we've actually revealed our pro wrestling themed visual novel kokoro no pro rj if you'd be so kind as to throw that in the chat while i pontificate on this <laughs> we've we've actually had many conversations that usually get punctuated with Okay, so we're definitely not going to go in the direction of want to be the strongest. In fact, when we were having uh, uh, overall uh, plot outlining sessions, we made sure to to ask ourselves, okay, can we make sure that this goes as far away from how that portrays not just wrestling, but also, you know, the 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 the, the protagonists of the series as is humanly possible. Uh, so I... I cannot, under any circumstances, recommend Want to Be the Strongest. If you want to see a good reaction <laughs> to Want to Be the Strongest, uh, <laughs> one of my one of my favorite wrestling YouTubers uh, and a person who I, I have gotten to uh, interact with, uh, actually RJ, uh, first asked for opinions uh, before uh, Kokoro No Pro became uh, part of Digital Era Entertainment's portfolio uh, to this YouTuber at WrestleCon back in 2019. Uh, Brian Zane's Wrestling with Regret channel. Uh, highly recommend you check out his uh, <laughs> his reaction to to this show because he does not watch anime. He is not an anime guy, and he suffered through it because he does every year one month of animation. So he'll go through uh, you know wrestling cartoons, some good, some absolutely dreadful. You can imagine where this fell. Uh, his reactions are priceless, and frankly, that's as far as you should go with this series. So I I didn't want to spend too much time on it outside of like the quick mention and also the the shout to Kokoro No Pro because I will say the reason I'm glad it exists is it is it provided a very very important guardrail <laughs> for that project. Um, so it is it is definitely. It is definitely the opposite of the direction we're going in with Kokoro No Pro and something that we legitimately are trying so hard not to not to emulate because it is it is absolute trash and it does not do a service to not just the art of professional wrestling, but especially to women's wrestling, which even in 2013 was having having a time trying to get its footing 
and just a few short years later finally found that footing and has now become you know what it really should have been all along but got lost because of trash tv back in the 90s I'll get off my soapbox now, but anyway. Um, so yeah, Want to Be the Strongest is another recent example. Now, there's another one in between that I saw a mention of its sequel series in the chat early on, and I was going to get to that. Don't worry, we didn't forget about this one, Nathan. That is Kinikuman. Holy mm-hmm. God. Yeah, uh, that, so, I'm sorry, yes. That was the other older one that uh, I haven't seen, but you know, when you Google wrestling anime mm-hmm. kinikuman is right up there yeah kinikuman is another one of those icons of uh professional wrestling anime and even for people who don't care about wrestling but do like anime <clears throat> uh it is it is a very iconic property it is one that even in america you probably knew about before you knew about anime because the the uh capsule toys uh, that came from the Kinikuman property were repackaged as muscle figures. And that's, you know, uh, basically the the uh, abbreviated word muscle, you know, meant some sort of ridiculous thing because they had to rebrand it for the U.S. But it, it was one of the most popular late 80s collectibles in America. And that that fad was one of the things that made people aware of the mus- or of, of the Kinikuman property. Um, you know, Kiniku obviously being, you know, the Japanese for muscle, so ha-ha, it makes a lot of sense that they went down that route. Um, but yeah, Kinikuman, uh, again, it's another case of manga turned into very successful anime. Uh, I believe I've mentioned some of its uh, some of its other uh, spin-offs over here on the show when we've done certain retrospectives uh, over the course of the, the podcast's run, but Kinikuman uh, had a successful uh, 80s anime. It was followed up in the late 90s, early 2000s, right at the peak of the modern wrestling boom, which, surprise, surprise, happened at the same time as the modern anime boom uh, of the early 2000s. Uh, and that that would be Ultimate Muscle. Um, I, I forget what the Japanese title is uh, for it, but it's basically Kinikuman Legacy. Uh, it, effectively, it, it is the sequel to Kinikuman, and it was one that was brought over by four kids and aired on Saturday morning TV. Like, this is another example of a mega franchise from Japan kind of getting its due, even even though people didn't quite get it because of the, the fact that it leaned so heavily into that era of professional wrestling culture made it very relatable and i'm sure that the uh <laughs> the english adaptation team had a field day because you could just tell between the puns that they either worked in if they weren't already in the original source material and just the overall presentation it's one of those things where like even if you did not care uh, uh you know as the talent you probably were having a ball because <laughs> you could just hear it in the english dub of the show um so that's that's another one that really needed to get that that love and attention because Kinikuman is again uh you, you mentioned Joel that you know Tiger Mask it's one of those that like even if you don't know wrestling if you follow anime you've probably seen a riff on um <clears throat> on Tiger Mask Kinikuman is very much the same thing uh Kinikuman is one of those iconic properties Kinikuman has also uh transcended uh, into into the real world as well, because one of the iconic moves of Kinikuman, the Kiniku Buster or Muscle Buster, 
is a move that, while used a lot more sparingly these days because of uh, unfortunate accidents that have happened in more modern times, um, it is it is still recognized as, you know, that move from an anime. So again, it all kind of feeds into each other, and that's one of the things that has made um, you know, wrestling and anime so unique. And I haven't even gotten into one of the other things I really wanted to talk about during this episode because it's one of the few times you're going to hear me talk about One Piece. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, so one of the more popular Japanese wrestlers uh, over the entirety of his career is uh, one Minoru Suzuki. Minoru Suzuki, or Murder Grandpa, as we refer to him these days, uh, because he is definitely an older wrestler at this point, but he is still a certifiable badass. You look at this man and his presentation, and you think, oh, this, this dude's probably into, like, you know, some really, like, metal stuff and all this stuff. Dude is the biggest One Piece fan on the planet. He has literally shaved the devil fruit into his hair. <laughs> I didn't know we'd gone that far. Oh, it gets better. <laughs> so dude loves One Piece, represents One Piece, and has been as himself in One Piece. He Wait, features as himself. He features in uh you, you know how One Piece will occasionally have these like random one-off side story episodes and they did the ones with Chopper as a superhero? Uh no, I don't because I don't watch One Piece, but I'll take your word for it. Okay, so to be fair, that would have been my answer as well until I learned about these episodes. Uh, one of these episodes, uh, he <laughs> he appears as a color commentator for a wrestling match <laughs> oh <my laughs> between God. Chopper and Usopp in their superhero supervillain personas as part of one of uh, supervillain Usopp's failed attempts at trying to get one over on Chopper Man. Uh, <laughs> he, he even gets involved in the match at the end. He voices himself and oh, good God, <laughs> it is Beautiful. fantastic. I don't know who dubs him, in, if they even covered that episode in the, the U.S. release. I think they have, and I'm pretty sure there is a dub actor assigned to them. If someone can find that out while we're live, I would love that. Um, which brings me to another wrestler cameo I had to bring up. And this is, again, going back to why I'm, I'm making such a big deal about this Bushi Road connection. You're obviously familiar with Vanguard, correct? Yes, of course. A uh, card game series that is published by Bushiroad. Yes. <clears throat> so uh, that makes them a lot of money. <laughs> sure does. Now, I, I believe you might have recalled when I was going through this whole story that Bushiroad, the maker of this card game that is very popular and prints money, also owns New Japan Pro Wrestling, which prints them hey, a decent hey. amount of money. <laughs> Uh, one of the most popular uh, wrestlers and one of their longest reigning champions in basically the modern era of, well, not just New Japan, but of pro wrestling in general, is one Kazuchika Okada, a.k.a. The Rainmaker. Uh, his whole thing uh, is that, you know, he has a very ostentatious presentation. He's, you know, covered head to toe with uh, with golden uh, raiment and ornaments. Uh, he walks out to the ring and they, they have money fall from the ceiling uh, not actual money but you know it's like a paper okada bucks <laughs> that's his thing um oh okay quick aside uh the english va for uh minoru suzuki in that one piece episode is paul giovanni ramirez uh so yeah there you go <laughs> we we have the dub actor for minoru suzuki thank you for that nathan um so kazuchika okada makes a cameo 
in a penultimate arc of one of the Vanguard anime series. He does his trademark move, the, uh, the, the Rainmaker clothesline. I do not exaggerate when I say this. To a literal freaking dragon. Huh? Exactly. <laughs> he also inspires the uh the because originally he's brought in as a mercenary to to fight against uh the protagonist of the story. Like I literally didn't see anything else except these episodes. So please bear with me for my lack of comprehension of the rest of the arc. But he goes in there to fight this kid. He ends up switching sides because he realizes, oh no, this was actually a good guy all along. Let me help you, kid. And uh yeah. Yeah, he Rainmaker clotheslines a dragon. Uh, he is part of an emotional uh, piece of the the arc that leads to the finale of that particular season of Vanguard. But most importantly, unlike in Tiger Mask Double, Okada voices himself. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> and apparently, uh, I, I think there's a Shaman King cameo that I am not aware of. But again, these are these are instances of you know the the pro wrestling talent having these cameos in very unexpected properties and. That that's why I wanted to originally like hit that when we were talking about Tiger Mask. But again, there is this this symbiotic relationship between pro wrestling and anime that is very unique, very pure. <laughs> and it's just it's one of those things that in its own weird way makes all the sense in the world because the theatricality of professional wrestling and especially the way that some of these characters do translate well to certain stories it, it's just wild to see. And we could easily do an episode where we break down, you know, some of the minutia of these pro wrestling shows, because one of the things that I know certainly comes up uh, in the wrestling with regret reviews of not just uh, want to be the strongest, but in particular, most uh, wrestling themed animations and even just live action presentations of pro wrestling is, you know, how how is wrestling portrayed? Is it portrayed as a work or a, a fabricated series of events or a shoot, i.e. they're bludgeoning each other for real. And a lot of these shows, because they are shown in anime, very much lean into the shoot aspect. Even Want to Be the Strongest with its premise of an idol-turned-pro wrestler, which, ha-ha, that, that suddenly hits very differently in this age of the cutest in the world, Maki Ito. <laughs> um, yeah, they, they still took that same approach of wrestling is a shoot. Um, and that's one of the other things that makes these wrestling anime so interesting because they are very elevated, very over the top with their presentation. Like Tiger Mask Double, you have people like straight up getting murdered, basically, <laughs> like getting straight up murdered in the ring, uh, because they go that, they go that way. Like they treat it like you're shonen anime, you know, you're Dragon Ball, uh, you're One Piece, you're Bleach, you're, you're Naruto, you're My Hero Academia. They go there. <laughs> And then some, and it, it can be a little bit surreal at times. It's like, whoa, whoa, you're just, you know, you're just dropping an elbow on a dude from the top rope. Like, unless you actually crush their larynx, <laughs> like they're going to be fine, y'all. <laughs> uh, so that's, that's another interesting thing that you can, you know, kind of deconstruct and the reasons for going through with that. Um, and that's kind of to tie it back to Kokoro no Pro. That's another thing that we're we're kind of walking that line with because we have to ask that question of, okay, how much of this is going to be presented as a shoot because ultimately it's an anime-style video game? And how much of this is a work? And sometimes you can find that happy medium. It's a very difficult thing to, to make work story-wise. But 
when it's pulled off successfully, it it can really like work. Pun definitely not intended there. So uh yeah. In in short, as as I am always, always, always fond of quoting. <sighs> Just getting this this quote exactly because I, I never want to misquote it. John Oliver 331. Wrestling is better than the things you like. <laughs> it, wrestling can be exactly overlapping with the things you like because do you remember what happened in april of this year mario there there was a lot that happened earlier okay, this that's year fair. i walked into that i'm sorry <laughs> bottom line was on a wwe earnings call their uh, q1 earnings call wwe announced oh that, that they have sold a multi-episode anime series to Crunchyroll. Mm-hmm. No further information has been released, but a deal has been signed between WWE and Crunchyroll. At some point in the future, probably not the too distant future, we're going to get a original anime that is, in some way, shape, or form, WWE-related, that... All they've said is, as we continue to expand the WWE brand beyond the ring, we remain focused on developing a slate of original programming from WWE Studios, and that they've sold the agreement to Crunchyroll. So we don't know if it's going to be actual WWE talent, or maybe it's going to be an entirely new wrestling type of series that has, you know, maybe it's an isekai, maybe it happens uh, in... Oh, no! Maybe it's an isekai. Maybe it's a pro wrestling anime with all original characters and it's just, uh, you know, funded and has a lot of branding with WWE in the background, kind of like how Webtoon was just all over uh, God of High School, stuff like that. Yeah, I, I, so I still think it it's going to have be that, but anime and, w and wrestling are having a very visible crossover in some capacity. And it's going to happen soon. Yeah. And just to, to kind of put a pin in that before we start wrapping it up for this particular episode of the DKI podcast. Um, honestly, I could see it being something with actual talent, if not directly involved as the main protagonists. Certainly, you know, providing a very important presence to the story because all I have to do is just point over to the Warner Brothers lot <laughs> and all of the crossovers that they they did with Hanna-Barbera properties. Uh, you know, yeah. your Flintstones, John Jetsons, and, and flipping Scooby-Doo. And Scooby-Doo, yeah. So, like, they did two Scooby-Doo ones. <laughs> they did two of them. <laughs> that's, that's, that's how much they leaned into it. And again, you know, those were, for all intents and purposes, uh, you know, stories focusing on particular uh, pre-existing properties that just had the flavorings of WWE worked into the story. Um, and yeah, Slam City that RJ is mentioning, that was a WWE Network exclusive uh, where they they did, you know, focus on the wrestlers, again, not voiced by the actual talent. Um, so again, there's, there's plenty of uh, possibility, like you mentioned, Joel. Uh, I just feel like personally there's a very high likelihood that if it's not directly featuring WWE talent, they will definitely be worked into the mix a la these other notable animation crossovers because mm -hmm. for wwe that's kind of an old hat and that's yeah in this case a very good thing because that means that they know how to integrate their properties with these kinds with, of narratives uh, with outside ip mm -hmm. so uh yeah there you go 
wrestling and anime. We'll probably come back to this at least one or two more times. And we didn't really get to Kenny Omega and all of this. Uh, yeah, because I mean, we, you know, we, well, I guess we Kenny is a bit more video game centric than anime centric. Yeah, because uh, if if we want to talk about his uh, his anime connection, or I'm sorry, his video game connections, we can definitely fill you know a sizable chunk of time just on that alone. And I feel like that would be good for, you know, an episode of our Thursday esports and gaming podcast decode, uh, which you can check out uh, every Thursday here on the channel at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And don't forget to uh, swing on by the Waypoint Cafe at 65 Ludlow Street. If you are in the Lower East Side of New York City, New York, that is uh, the home of the decode podcast. I know we're getting a little little head start on the shilling here, but (laughs) since we're talking about it, (laughs) oh, dear, (laughs) I'm sorry. I had to look over at the chat and uh, Jeff in the chat, <laughs> Dwayne Johnson, Isakai, but that'd basically be Jumanji. You're not wrong. <laughs> I, mean, it, I mean, it basically would be at this point. People would not be able to disassociate. Um, so, yeah, uh, b- before we uh, wrap up and I'll, I'll go into the rest of our proper shill times. Uh, Joel, do you have anything else you'd like to add before I take us through to the end with our special outro? No, nothing in particular that uh, as long as you get to the stuff that'll be happening on Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Oh, absolutely. Well, I'll start there because uh, for those of you watching live, first off, thank you so much for joining us over here at Digital Era Entertainment for this very, very special installment of the Dekai podcast. Uh, I, I, I do genuinely mean that. This was a lot of fun to finally get to talk about one of uh, one of my personal favorite things and how it impacts one of my other favorite things. Uh, and right before such an important milestone in professional wrestling history, really. Like, I left out a lot of stuff about what's going on at this particular moment in the professional wrestling world. But needless to say, this is a great time to be a wrestling fan. So this weekend is... To put it in context, the plucky shonen protagonist is about to hit the big stage, that they've gone through their training arc, they've assembled their allies, and now it's it's the beginning of a new arc, really the end of a, uh, training arc kind mm-hmm. of. And you now have this plucky shonen upstart staring down the big, bad Goliath and looking like, all right, they might not be able to topple it, but they're going to give this thing a fight. And you sure as heck want to root for this David. Yeah. And who knows, maybe one day they'll even become best friends who want to punch each other every couple of arcs. (laughs) So basically, they might become the new Goku and Vegeta. (laughs) There we go. How's that for some anime for you? Oh, yeah, RJ, he'll be waiting for the tournament arc. (laughs) Bless. Honestly, what is wrestling if not just a bunch of strung together tournament arcs? Let me tell you about the King of the Ring when we are not live anyway <laughs> so this this weekend is of course as mentioned at the top of the show our big 18th birthday we are going to be celebrating uh not just by uh, re- releasing the panel that we did at virtual crunchyroll expo uh, on our youtube channel at 4 p.m eastern standard time tomorrow saturday september 4th 2021 uh since we don't have any live content on the twitch channel made sense to just you know 
continue our Saturday tradition of doing something at 4 p.m. <laughs> so you can check that out. That is going to be living on our YouTube channel as well as our main page, digitaleraentertainment.com, where you can also get both of our podcasts, written content, and more. Of course, as I mentioned, uh, we, we do have our pals over at the Waypoint Cafe. They are also the home to our sponsor's pop-up shop. That is Image Anime. If you go to imageanime.com between now and January 1st, 2022, you can still use the code DISCOUNT20 to save yourself 20% off all in-stock items. And, of course... If you want to support us with our own merch, I've been sipping from the infamous D-Mug, getting nice and caffeinated since we have more content coming up in just a few minutes here on the live channel. Uh, you can go to our Stream Elements page that is in the chat, or if you are listening to this live, just hop on over to digitallyorentertainment.com. We've got links out to that as well. And of course, we've mentioned it numerous times. Go check out the trailer for our pro wrestling-themed visual novel, Kokoro no Pro, as you can tell, we are very passionate about anime and professional wrestling, and this project is going to truly be an expression of our appreciation uh, as a brand, really, for both of these things. So <clears throat> please go check that out. We'd really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, so we will be back in about half an hour for our weekly happy hour. Uh, it is open forum, so join us over at our Discord, which we also have a link to in the live chat. And even if you are listening to this after the fact, please come on by and join us over at our Discord channel. We've got plenty of threads ranging from all sorts of topics like the anime, like the pro wrestling, or like the VTubing. If you are a big fan of VTubers, I know, Joel, you certainly are. <laughs> yeah. And we do have a nice overlap of both of those things. In fact, we just recently released one of those on the channel the other day. So if you do love both things that we have talked about, as well as the VTuber scene, check out the first volume of Hollow Live Championship Wrestling, brought to us by Reach's Beast, one of our recent teammates and one of our longtime contributors to the Radio Dramas Project. Uh, she has been absolutely over the moon getting to see this this project, uh, you know, really evolve, and we are very excited about the future of Hollow Live Championship Wrestling. So. Definitely check that out as well while you're at the YouTube channel. Uh, yeah, so happy birthday. <laughs> we are very excited for that. Joel, would you like to take us out? Yes, this has been episode 72, appropriately so, of DKI. Thank you so much for tuning in. Stay safe, stay sane, stay healthy, stay informed, get your Fauci out, you wear a mask if you're going outside, and we will see you next time on Digital Era Twitch. Mm -hmm.